0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome to Picks for Polls, a Chicago Bears draft podcast presented by the Bear Report and blue wire pods. My name is Andrew Freeman, and as always, joined by my co-host UCA Koshal. We record this episode on a Sunday morning here. So a little bit of a different uh little bit of a different day and time for us. Um, as we have a big episode today previewing the senior bowl, which is set to kick off this week down in Mobile, Alabama. The senior bowl, always a fun time, whether you know you're there at the senior bowl or just watching. And covering it from afar. Um, really excited for this When you said. How are we doing today?
2: Yeah, I'm doing well, you're right. It's kind of weird to wake up on Sunday morning and record. But, again, Senior Bowl week, I think it's so intriguing. And we've also got the East-West Shrine Bowl going on. And I know that both of them are kind of, you know, big events on the draft calendar. But a little tidbit here, I know Dane Bruegler is at the Shrine Bowl and of the Athletic, by the way. And he said that Ryan Poles was checking out the online group, specifically Christian Mahogany. So take that as you will. Yeah, these uh you know, these postseason
1: all-star games are really, you know, a good opportunity, like you said, for you know, a lot of Not only the teams to get a closer look at these prospects, see how they practice, um, see how they do against, you know, hopefully more competitive, better competition um, against their peers that are going to be entering the draft, but also um, a good chance for the players as well to show out as well. And, you know, you talk about Ryan Poles, you know, checking out the offensive line, Christian Mahogany being a guy that um, could be on the Bears radar. You know, it, it's important to remember that, you know, the Bears draft last year, a couple of guys that were drafted by the Bears last year were, you know, on the senior bowl rosters at the senior bowl that the Bears were able to check out in person. You look at Darnell Wright was the big one Um, who a, a large reason why the Bears targeted him in the first round was because of, you know, Luke Getze working with Darnell Wright at the senior bowl. So this is an incredibly important week. Um, not only for these prospects for the Bears as well, you know, they do have some coaches down at uh, the Senior Bowl this year. Once again, they have Jim Dre, um, offensive line coach, um, who's going to be down there uh, for the Bears as well. So, yeah, they, they got some guys down there. They, they will be, you know, checking these guys out closely. And it should be a very fun week, I think, um, to get into all this. And we're going to have a lot of coverage after the Senior Bowl you know, definitely having a lot of takeaways here. So what we're going to be doing today is kind of just going kind of a a small preview for, you know, some of the players to watch out for this upcoming week in Mobile, Alabama. You know, there are a lot of guys to get to, and we're not going to get to all of them, but I think what we're going to do is we're going to go down each position group and give you guys one or two prospects each that we're really looking forward to watching, not only as bears targets, but also just prospects. We're excited about, in general. So uh, you say, I'll get started. If you, let's start with uh, the wide receiver position, because this is going to be one of the bigger needs um, for the bears in this upcoming draft. They need to add, you know, a legitimate wide receiver two and or wide receiver three alongside um, a DJ Moore on the outside. So when you look at the senior bowl guys listed here who are going to be down there this week, uh, who what is, who's is one guy that really stands out to you?
2: I mean, there's a lot of really good guys. But to me, I'm keeping an eye on Georgia's lad, McConkey. You look at kind of where he's been the last couple of years, and you realize, okay, he's going to be kind of your prototypical, you know, slot receiver at the next level, a guy who's going to have a high volume of targets. And you look at really lads' time at the University of Georgia, and you could really go ahead and say, I mean, he was pretty, pretty, pretty productive, right? There were instances where kind of he was the number one, not necessarily the number one option, but you certainly saw shades of him basically being a high volume type guy. And so, Lad McConkie's a guy that I'm going to watch just as this slot receiver who could become a critical part of a, a team's passing in his role, sort of like that Wes Welker, Hunter, Renfro type guy that is really going to be a big, big play throughout the slot.
1: Yeah, Lad McConkey I think this is a big week for him because he's kind of one of those players who's on the border between being a day two guy and maybe a late first round pick. Um, you know, he was a big part of that Georgia passing game alongside Brock Bowers. So I, I think this is going to be an important week for him. Another guy that I'm going to touch on here who this is also going to be an important week in terms of going from maybe being a, an early second round type of prospect to maybe sneaking into the back end of the first round is Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina. You know, a guy who was a late bloomer, um, you know, but physically speaking, the physical tools that he has at the wide receiver position Um, This guy is insanely talented, six foot three, 227 pounds. Um, A lot of scouts are projecting he'll run somewhere in the four fours for the 40 yard dash. Um, Just a a extremely athletic uh, player, kind of very similar to um, when you look at DK Metcalf physically or, you know, maybe an AJ Brown physically, you know, kind of that mold of a bigger outside wide receiver who's just a freak athlete. But like I said before, a guy who the reason why he's maybe not considered a first round guy is because, you know, he's a late breakout guy did not, you know, come put it all together until, you know, his fifth year in college, his senior season um, at South Carolina. You know, he he broke out this year, 71 receptions, 1,255 yards, seven touchdowns, you know, receiving grade of 86.9, according to pro football focus, 3.15 yards per route run. But before, you know. This past season, you know, the the highest total he had in terms of reception was 18. The highest uh, yards he had in the season was 167, which was last year. And the highest yards per route run that he had was, you know, 1.15 back in 2020 as a sophomore. So, you know, he's not somebody who has really... Had a consistent college career, like I said, he really is the case of a late bloomer, and that's a concerning thing at the wide receiver position, um, because you know it is such a physically kind of dependent position in terms of like you want guys that have proven that they can break out early in their college careers because you know it, it shows a balance of relying on athleticism relying on physical advantages with size, speed and strength, and also having the route running and the natural playmaking ability uh, to make up for that stuff. And look you know, you worry about him, you know, just being a fifth year senior, just beating up on a bunch of younger underclassmen in college who didn't have the same, you know, strength size speed combination um, and how that's going to translate to the NFL. So I think this is going to be a huge week for him to prove that he can, you know, stack up well against NFL prospect competition guys that are going to be, you know, high first round picks or second round picks, third round picks in this upcoming draft. And if he can, Show out with a big week here. um, He could solidify himself as a guy who gets drafted very high. And I, and I look at the Bears specifically as a team that could target him because you look at Shane Waldron coming over here. You know who was the receiver in Seattle that fit kind of that X receiver outside, you know, mold down in the boundary? You know, he had DK Metcalf there over the last three years, and Xavier Leggett physically and, and skill set wise is very similar to a guy like Metcalf. So. Very interested to see how that plays out for him there. But let's shift over to another need that the Bears have, and that's the offensive line. So let's look at the interior guys first. Uh, you said, who's one interior offensive lineman that uh, you're looking forward to watching this week?
2: Yeah, so I just think the entire group in general is actually really phenomenal. I mean, if you look, at Georgia's Cedric Van Praan, Cooper Beebe, who I know you've been a big proponent of over the last few years, but um, you know, I'm watching Cedric Van Praan, and that's simply because he really has a lot to like when it comes to his skill set. I mean, he's been a three-year starter for Georgia at this point. He has kind of always garnered first-round consideration, you know, early second-round consideration as well, and then you look at him, I mean, he's got 43 straight starts, so from a experience standpoint, there is no shortage of experience there. You look at him, and he's powerful at the point of attack, you know, he is able to go ahead and read defense Anticipation isn't a problem, and, you know, he's able to get out there, especially in the running game. You kind of look at at this offense that the Bears are going to run, and it's no kind of – there's no shortage in Van Pran's game of how he can fit into this thing. And that's especially because, you know – he is just such a smart, instinctive player in terms of being Now, I think for Van Pran, where he does need to go ahead and improve is some of his lower body strength. I don't think there's tons of mass there he does need to being pushed around by um bigger, stronger, and faster defensive linemen, which we know is the name of the game in the league.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed.
1: Yeah. Van Pran is going to be an intriguing name to watch because you know, he's, he's playing an important need for the bears, right? That center position is going to be a critical position um, to, to to get right this offseason because of how much of a disaster it was between all the guys that played there uh, this past season. Um, You know, another guy who's going to be there, I look at is Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon. He's kind of considered one of the top center prospects in this draft as well. But I'm going to go with an an under-the-radar guy here who um, hasn't gotten as much fanfare. This is a very strong interior offensive line class here in Mobile, Alabama this year. But Christian Haynes out of UConn. Um, is a guy I'm really excited to watch. Um, you know, a really athletic dude who played right guard primarily his entire career at UConn. In fact, all of his snaps in college were at right guard. And over the last two years, he's simply been one of the best guards in the country. Um, and hasn't gotten a lot of fanfare. You know, he's an extremely athletic offensive lineman. Uh, plays with the mean streak in the run game, which you know that Ryan Poles is gonna love. And I think he has more versatility, you know, going to the NFL because, you know, he is a little bit of an undersized guy, you know, six foot two doesn't have the big, best length in the world. He's got a well proportioned built frame at 313 pounds, but he's not some massive, um, you know, mauling type of guard. He is an athletic on the move, you know, outside zone style of offensive lineman that the bears are going to be running here in their offense. I think he would translate very well with his athletic traits, to playing center because he's got a very nice first step. He can get out to the second level. He can engage in blocks and stick on guys in the second level. Um, So I'm I'm intrigued to see like if they try him at center at the senior bowl because they like to move guys around and see what they can do in these sort of practice situations here. Um, And if he can show that he can snap well, that he's comfortable in pass sets and, and getting out on the move from the center position, that could do wonders for his draft stop. Cause right now he's kind of projected as like a third round guy. It wouldn't surprise me if he's more of an early to mid second round guy as his process plays out. If he can prove that he has that three position versatility inside, I, I really like his game. Um, even if he's not set to be a long-term center option for the bears, I can see him being you know, a long-term replacement for guys like maybe Nate Davis down the road or Tevin Jenkins if they decide to let him go after this next upcoming season. So Christian Haynes is a guy I am extremely intrigued by. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does at the Senior Bowl as well. All right, let, let's move on to the tackle position here. And it's not necessarily a need for the Bears, but you can never have too much tackle depth, I think. And so when you, when you judge things from that standpoint, you say it you know who are some of the guys that tackle that are uh, you looking forward to watching
2: i mean again yeah, it's sort of like the interior offensive line class this is a really good tackles class as well which i mean it's like you mentioned you know it's not even a high in need for the bears cuz they do have their tackles of the future on the roster but again you still want to do your homework homework on all these prospects because of a lot of the movement up and down the board. But to me, you know, I really like BYU's Kingsley Sumatea. I mean, you look at him where he's at. I think that he is a guy that has, watching his film over the last few years at BYU, he's improved every single year. You look at his ability to play both left tackle and right tackle, his measurables being about 6'6", 330 pounds, really match up for a guy who's going to fit in well at the next level. And then in the running game, he's got some really good power at the point of attack. So ultimately look at him and, you know, you kind of say he's a phenomenal run blocker. His athleticism, though, I think is going to be off the charts when you look at him in the passing game. That's something there with Sumatia is just this, natural kind of pass protector who really uses and understands, hey, how do I use my big frame to my advantage, especially being a guy who's only 20, 21 years old. And so the reality with Sumatea is the senior bowl's is going to be an opportunity for him to show, hey, look, I have all the tools and measurables in place like I've shown on film. I know right now the consensus is I should be a round two guy, but I'm certainly going to vault myself into round one conversation. If he does that, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that with a strong senior bowl, a strong combine, strong interviews, he's going to be a first round pick when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah, for me, the one guy I'm looking forward to here this guy that I'm not really considering for the Bears because they already have right tackle figured out for the future, with Darnell Wright. But the top tackle for me at the senior bowl is Talise Fuaga out of Oregon State. Uh this guy's tape is just, it's fun. It, it gave me the same feeling I got when I watched Tevin Jenkins coming out of Oklahoma State a few years back, where he's just this dude just mauls people in the run game and he enjoys doing it. He's six foot six, 334 pounds. And not only does he have that size, but this guy can move for a guy at that size. Like he is extremely, he has a good first step. He, he does a really good job of moving in space in the run game. Pass protection, his lateral agility, I, I do have some questions of which I hope to get answered here this week. But in the run game, this guy is as good as it gets in this draft class. It's uh, super fun to watch. Um, you know, he could be a top ten pick when it's all said and done. He could be that third tackle taken behind Joe Alt and Olufashanu when it's all said and done because he has just that dominant um, mentality to where he's just going out there to drive dudes into the ground, which you love to see from an offensive lineman. So, I'm excited to see to see this guy. Again, I don't think he's a guy that the Bears are going to consider really in the first round because they have their tackles kind of figured out for the short term, even long term future. Uh, If you want to consider Braxton Jones a long term guy, Um, but certainly certainly one of the most fun uh, players to to kind of follow here. I'm really excited to see. You know how he does matching up against some, you know, hopefully better edge rusher talent than he had the face at Oregon State. That could be a very big test for him from a pass protection standpoint because he's going to have to prove some things in pass in pass pro. I think, um, in terms of translating to the next level. Okay, so moving on from the offensive line, let's go to tight end. Tight end is a position that um is not necessarily the strongest. I think this year, although there are some interesting interesting names to kind of, you know, follow here, you know, who's the tight end that you're most looking forward to or
2: most intrigued by here. I mean, you're right. You know, the, just in general with the draft, the cream of the crop is Brock Bauer, just as I would say just across the board, one of the weaker kind of tight end classes that we've seen in a while but to me you know jaheem bell is from florida state is a guy that there is some intrigue right you're talking about a guy who could potentially when it's all said and done end up being the tight end two on a lot of people's boards now you like him simply because of his versatility right he's aligned throughout his time at florida state he's been that u tight end which is on the line he's also been that y tight end which is kind of in the slot and then you look at the versatility that he brings in terms of being able to line up in the backfield right as kind of that h back as well and so to me jaheem bell is about as solid of a prospect as it gets really you know in terms of the receivers I'm sorry, in terms of his receiving skills as well, there's a lot that he can improve on there, but he's got a pretty solid foundation already. And then I think he thrives best when he's playing against teams that have, or teams that are playing zone D. And that's simply because he is able to kind of look and figure out and see, okay, you know, where am I going to figure out a way to find some space to get open his yards after the catch? I will say for a guy that moves, At six foot three, a guy that moves of his size were really solid and impressive, too. So, there's that natural understanding of okay, well, how exactly do I see the field? How exactly do I make those split second decisions? How exactly do I turn a short pass into a big game? Now, to me, Jaheim Bell is going to be really intriguing. Because you could certainly see a team such as the 49ers or the Rams, you know, going ahead and drafting him. You know, for those people that are wondering, do I think he's a skill set and a fit with the Bears? I mean, it's tough to say. You could certainly see a handful of plays being installed for Jaheim Bell. But also, you know, it's key to keep in mind that this Shane Waldron-Seattle offense, yes, it kind of comes from the Rams and the McVay-Shanahan system. But also, right, you didn't really see a lot of a true H-back necessarily even being utilized in the um, Seattle offense over the last three seasons.
1: Yeah. And that's an important distinction to make, you know, what type of tight end is Shane Waldron really looking for here? Is he looking for kind of that hybrid, you know, fullback tight end guy? Is he looking for more of a traditional inline blocker or is he looking for that kind of receiving tight end? Cause we know that Shane Waldron does love those multi tight end 12 personnel, 13 personnel sets for his offense. So that is, that is certainly something to watch for in terms of like, what is the mold of of tight end that, Waldron is really looking to add here. Um, another guy that I think would kind of fit into that H back sort of role is Ben Sinat out of uh, Kansas State, a guy who really was the the, the entire well, not the entire office, but he was he was the go to guy in Kansas State's passing game, which is very rare for a tight end in college football. These guys are traditionally not, you know, focal points focal points of the passing game in college. So for him to be that guy, you know, not necessarily a high volume receiver or anything, but on a on a team that likes to run the ball a lot, you know, he was the guy who's he was featured more often than not. You know, he finished the year 48 receptions, 669 yards, six touchdowns, two yards per route run, which is very good for a tight end in, in college football. Um, you know, a guy who's very good after the catch, um, very slippery after the catch. You know, he, he does have some power. A little bit undersized, though. And I think it's going to be the wrap on him. Six foot four, two hundred and forty-five pounds. So he's not the guy you want necessarily to be playing in line tight end a bunch, unless he's the second or third tight end um, on the line screens. You can kind of be that secondary blocker for you. He is a, a true move tight end. Um, you know, put him in the backfield a little bit, um, send him out wide in the slot, and have him use you know his route running ability um, and his kind of quickness and speed. Um, at that tight end position to create mismatches and get open. Um, You know, he's not necessarily the greatest contested catch guy in the world. Um, You know, he he didn't even complete convert 50% of his contested catch opportunities in college. So he's more of a guy who's a mismatch guy. I kind of, you know, I look at Shane Waldron and his background working in McVay tree. Remember the McVay tree is kind of an extension of the Shanahan uh, tree. And when you, when you look at the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan, you know, who's been a guy who has had a big role as kind of a hybrid tight end fullback type of player. That was Kyle Juszczyk. Right. And we saw, you know, Matt LaFleur in green Bay. He tried to convert um, Joshua Deguara into that guy or Josiah Deguara um, a few years back into kind of that Juszczyk role. That didn't really quite work out for, for green Bay, but clearly this coaching tree values that style of player. If they can find the right guy, for it, you know, someone who can be a great blocker in the run game. I think Bensonat is a very good bl- run blocker when he's on the move, not so much in line. Um, and he has the receiving ability to create mismatches. So, I I'm a big fan of his. I think he's a nice day three option if you're looking to find a guy for that role. Um, will he be an impact player? Maybe not, but I, I do think he can be a very nice contributor. And if the Bears are looking to add more tight ends to this team, um, to have someone. Besides just Cole Comet, who could be a threat in the passing game, um, he'd be one of the better options, I think, on day three of the the draft if they're looking for that guy. All right, last position position on offense we're going to cover is running back here because we've covered the quarterbacks quite a bit. But looking at the running back position, you say, who's the running back for you that you're looking forward to the most?
2: I mean – So I should say this is also not a great running back class down there. But to me, you know, Ray Davis from Kentucky is quite an intriguing player. And again, you know, running back is one of those needs on the Bears and that, you know, is not necessarily a high kind of priority anyway. But Ray Davis is intriguing to me because he seems like a bowling ball, right? He's kind of the typical, I guess, running back that comes out every single year that you say. All right, has a lot of home run ability, but is also able to go ahead and showcase a sense of speed as well as elusiveness. To me, he's a guy that has some really good visions, really patient, but there are concerns right there about his past protection right his ability to pass protect really pick up blitzes I think at some point as a running back you kind of have to be able to see the field and just jump right into pass protection and so Ray Davis is a guy where he understands how to move and operate in space when the ball's in his hands but when the ball is in his hands that's where you see a lot of his kind of deficiencies really pop into place and so for him to go from being one-to-two-dimensional, he's going to have to shore up pass protection. He, to me, if I had to make a pro comparison, you're looking at a guy that's basically a Khalil Herbert all over again.
1: Yeah, Ray Davis is a lot of fun. Uh, He's the guy on... Day three of the draft, or maybe late day two, that I'm most looking forward to the Bears adding at that running back position. Another guy that they could add is Marshawn Lloyd out of USC, Caleb Williams, former teammate. So if the Bears would draft Caleb Williams at number one, maybe they get his former uh teammate there at USC didn't kind of bring him into the full. But Lloyd, kind of a similar player to Ray Davis in terms of, you know, he's got pretty good size, you know, a little bit short on the shorter side of 5'9", 210 but uh Really explosive, you know, gets to the second level very quickly. Once he he sees a gap to run through, he does a good job of getting the top speed and exploding through that gap and pretty solid contact balance as well. And he has shown some receiving chops, which I think is a big important part for these running backs translating to the next level. And the Bears, they do need a receiving back, right? Because Khalil Herbert's not a great receiving back, not a great pass protector. Roshan Johnson, very good pass protector, but not necessarily an explosive threat. Um, out of the backfield as a receiver so you know i would like to see them add somebody who can add more of an explosive element in the passing game as a receiver um, at that running back position if uh, a guy's available this year all right uh let's go to the defense side of the ball because uh we've talked about the offensive side quite a bit uh the defensive side though does have some very notable talent as well let's start with the edge rushers you say who's an edge rusher that you're looking forward to watching here
2: I mean, I am keeping an eye on Leotu from UCLA. I will eventually learn how to kind of say that name correctly. But, you know, he's a guy where, and I should mention this, the value for a lot of these pass rushers has really kind of, and I should say ranking, but the value and ranking of each of these guys has really fluctuated since August 2023, when we really start touching on the 2024 draft. And I say that because we went from Jared verse being the pass rusher one to Dallas Turner, to chop Robinson, to lay two now, but lay two to me is phenomenal. And he's phenomenal simply because you look at the high motor that he plays with, right? You look at the production that he's kind of put on tape in terms of pressure sacks, as well as forcing turnovers over the last couple of years. He has some, pass rush moves in his arsenal, right? That's not like your typical rookie in terms of it's just, hey, you know, one kind of uh, move and that's about it. So he's really a player that um, can rush both inside and outside, right? And, you know, what that kind of entails is this. This is a edge rusher. When you're able to basically rush B-gap, let's say, or you can rush C-gap, that allows your defensive lineman to get kind of creative with stunts and twists. So there's no shortage of ways in which you can utilize Latu. So he to me after a week in mobile a strong showing. I mean, I would not be surprised if he's edge rusher one.
1: Yeah, the only thing holding back Latu from being, you know, the top edge rusher in this year's class is health. That's pretty much it. It's like has he had, you know, this almost career-ending knee uh neck injury um and you know, I, I look at him and I see, I see the rest of his game. You know, if he's healthy, man, he, he's a top edge guy for me, in my opinion. So it, it's really just going to come down to a matter of health for him. Um, for me, if I'm looking at, you know, who seems like a, a Bears, Matt Iberflus type of guy um, to be an edge rusher. Um, to me, Darius Robinson out of Missouri um, makes a lot of sense. This guy um, fits that mold of being a bigger bodied edge guy. Very long arms. I think he's going to have – it's projected he's going to have like 35-inch arms, which is just insane at that edge rusher position. Kind of a tweener between being an outside guy and an inside guy, but I think he's going to – you know, if you get him to lighten down a little bit, he's at least listed at like 6'5", 290 pounds. Um, if you get him to slim down just a little bit, though, I think there's some explosive, unlocked explosiveness there in his game um, to where he could be a really impactful um, edge rusher for you. Um, very good speed to power move with that length. Um, and I can't think of a better mentor to have at the next level than a guy like Montez Sweat, right? Who has lived off that, that long arm speed to power move um, in the NFL. And Darius Robinson, I think has very similar tools. He's not the athlete. I think that Montez Sweat is, um, but he's got some similar tools in terms of that size and that length. So the bears need to add another edge rusher in this draft. He could be an intriguing guy that they could look for, Um, as like a late day two, day three sort of player um, who has some developmental traits because they need to upgrade that spot. Whether it's in free agency or the draft, like they need more talent there. They need another starter and they need more depth at that position. Um, Going inside here though, this is another strong group, I think, on the inside here, even though it's not the most hyped up interior defensive line class in general. um, But who who is uh, that interior defensive lineman that you're looking forward to seeing most?
2: Honestly, I am not going to lie to you. I'm very split on this kind of senior bowl group, right? In terms of who to really like at that interior defensive line position. But I will say this, you know, Byron Murphy the second is a name that I think a lot of people just have to know, right? You're looking at a guy who can play a one or a three technique and, or even a zero, I would say, in any sort of defense, right? Because they're all kind of relatively different positions from where they're lined up on the field to their roles and responsibilities. Byron Murphy's a guy who's kind of become a staple of that Longhorns defense over the last couple of years. I thought 2023 was his best season. Really kind of took a step forward. Powerful burst, really good off the line of scrimmage in terms of his get off, and just plays with this kind of relentless motor. So he's a player where, I look at and I say, okay, D line is not necessarily a position where teams are going to be drafting guys off the board in round one like crazy. I mean, to me, there's only one interior guy that's going to go in round one, and that's Jerzon Newton from the University of Illinois. But Byron Murphy's a early round two guy to watch.
1: You know, I was gonna talk about Byron Murphy when I got to that chance because he is he's one of my favorite guys in this class. I think he's I think he's really good. I it wouldn't surprise me, honestly, the more I go through my evaluations here, he might end up as DT one for me when it's all said and done. I really like Newton is obviously the top guy for now, according to consensus. But Murphy has been drawing a lot of steam. Like I know there's a lot of national guys who put out their mock drafts, and recently Murphy's gotten some first round buzz, um, even ahead of Newton in some of these mock drafts. So I think there are going to be a lot of NFL guys out there that are really going to be high on him um, when it's all said and done. And for good reason, this guy, he, he was an elite player this past year at Texas um, and was a fantastic part of that kind of deep rotation that they had here. He was the best guy in that group. And we kind of saw it in that game against Washington, even though he, did, he didn't have any, I don't think he had any sacks in that game, but he was getting pressures left and right on Michael Penix Jr. in that game and making things a little bit difficult for him. Although Michael Penix Jr. had, you know, he he did his thing in that game, obviously. But another guy who kind of fits a similar mold for me is uh, Michael Hall out of Ohio State. That undersized, not really lengthy interior disruptor. You know, I think he's going to struggle against the run at the next level. He's listed at like 6'2, 280 pounds. So he's light for a defensive tackle. But the reason why you draft him is because of pass rushing skill set. He's got a very good first step, a good initial burst against the backfield. He's got moves. Uh, he can string moves together, um, can bend around the edge of the guard, um, you know, when, when he penetrates that gap. Um, To me, you're drafting him to be a pass rush specialist at the next level who can maybe, if he can bulk up a little bit, be a three-down starter. But you don't want to bulk him up too much, though, because what makes him, you know, good is that explosiveness and that quickness that he does have as a pass rusher. So uh, Michael Hall, he's another guy I'm going to watch for as well. The Bears, you know, they need another interior pass rusher to kind of complement you know, some of the other young guys they have in this roster, which means Dexter and Pickens. um, And they just need to add more talent to that interior unit. Uh, Moving back to linebacker, you know, this is a position that the Bears don't really need because they've addressed it so well, I guess, over the past two off seasons. But uh, is there any linebackers you're looking forward to this year, you said?
2: Yeah, I mean, a guy that's been kind of a personal favorite of mine over the last couple of years, but Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State. Okay, I don't know what it is, but Ohio State has this thing if they're just going to churn out kind of these solid linebackers. Um, You know, Tommy Eichenberg to me is never going to be a super high-end player, but he's tough, instinctive, really good in the run game, understands how to blitz and pressure quarterbacks, right? He does have some really solid ability to just be physical. Now, where he's not going to propel himself into a top-end player is due to the lack of his sideline-to-sideline speed, right? You really see those limitations pop up on tape. You also don't see him being as flexible and as lucid. You would probably like him to be compared to his other counterparts and that's simply because he does not have the most effective change of direction so if i were to look at eichenberg i mean he to me is like a josie jewel nick kwikowski jack sanborn type player again guys who are tough old school they're physical they win a lot more on physicality and instincts than something such as pure speed and pure athleticism
1: Yeah, for me, uh, the top guy here, at the Senior Bowl is Peyton Wilson on North Carolina State. Um, kind of has that prototypical build, right? Six foot four, two hundred and thirty-eight pounds. Pretty good athlete as well. But one of those guys that again was a late bloomer. You know, didn't really break out until you know his fifth year, fifth senior season, um, or fifth year senior season, I should say, um, at North Carolina State. You know, he's been a player. You've know, been a starter for a long time, though there at NC State and um just hasn't really put it all together. He's always kind of seen as a guy that was viewed as like a, a late day three, you know, got some trades, got some tools, develop him sort of guy in previous drafts when he decided to, you know, stay in school. And this year, I mean, like I said before, like he he was fantastic this year. Um one of the best coverage linebackers in the country this year. He gave up a 47.2 passer rating when targeted at three interceptions according to the PFF this year. Um you know, one of the highest graded players in this draft as well, according to BFF. So uh, whether it was in run defense or coverage this year, this guy was just, he was just really, really good. He put it all together. Um, again, if you're the Bears and looking at a linebacker early, I don't, like, I don't see them doing that. But if they did, like, he's probably the prototype of what Iberfuz looks for um, from a physical standpoint. Um, really talented guy. And I'm curious to see like where he goes. This is a linebacker class that isn't necessarily great. So I don't see a lot of guys going high in this draft, but I could see him kind of finding his way into the second round. If a team really feels good about the fact that, you know, he he was kind of a late bloomer. Uh, If not like third round, is probably, probably the the round for him um, realistically, when you're looking at his projection to the NFL and, and what he brings to the table there. Um, All right, let's move to the secondary here for our last two positions. Uh, Start a cornerback here, you said. Who are the cornerbacks that uh, that get you excited down here at the Senior Bowl this year?
2: I mean, to me, it's Mike Sanstro from Michigan. I look at him and I say, you know, he's going to be a very productive player at the next level. You kind of saw the ability to track the football throughout his time at Michigan. Really a kid who plays with a edge on his shoulders. And then he just – is able to recognize and understand routes. I mean, there's instances where, you know, he would be literally running routes mirror for mirror with receivers um, as he would go ahead and um, be an in individual plays. Now, Mike Sancho is a player that you look at and you say, okay, well, where exactly is his kind of, fit at the next level. I would say this because he's a guy who's only 180 pounds, you know, does a team look at him and say, all right, we can't put him on the outside. Let's kind of move him inside to slot. Does a team look at him and say, you know, for for the first year or two, he's going to be a rotational guy. I mean, I could definitely see him fitting into a defense like the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Or I could even see him fitting into a defense such as the Raiders, right? Where we know Antonio Pierce for whatever reason loves his um slot corner
1: yeah for me uh kenyan mitchell out of toledo is maybe the top guy for me in this cornerback class here um really interesting player obviously small school kind of project as a day two guy right now but there are a lot of scouts that view him as a first round caliber prospect and he might go in the first round when it's all said and done um six foot tall almost 200 pounds and the highlight for him was that uh, in 2022, he had a game where he had four interceptions in the same game against Northern Illinois. Um, so he's got he's got pretty good ball skills. But what, what stands out about, about him is that you know he is a lockdown cover man. Uh, he's got all the physical tools. Uh, he, he's fast. He's twitchy. He's physical, um, and he tackles very well. Right the biggest knock for him is going to be competition level, right? Cause playing at a small school, how is he going to do against bigger competition? This is what the senior bowl is all for, for him. Um, this is what it's all about. You know, getting these smaller school guys, give up against guys that have gone to bigger programs, bigger schools and seeing how they stack up against, you know, better competition. If, if Kenyon Mitchell can be as locked down as he was at Toledo, um, you know, here at the senior bowl, I, I I think he might be. I think he's going to sneak into the first round. I I think he's got a lot of physical talent. I think he's got um, a lot of the traits that scouts are looking for from these modern-day cornerbacks. I think he can execute a variety of different schemes. Um, And this is a very strong cornerback class in that kind of late first round, early second round area. So uh, it might be easy for a guy like him to kind of, you know, get washed down the board a little bit by some teams um, because there is a lot of talent there, but. Yeah, man, with a big week, uh, he, he can make a lot of money this week, I think, um, you know, with how he stacks up against some of these better wide receivers here. Um. All right, last position you said,
2: safety. Who's your guy here at safety? So it's Cam Kitchens from Miami, and, you know, I will say this with Cam Kitchens. You're getting a player who is a really solid mover in terms of he knows and understands how to How and when to accelerate right how and when to change direction he's got really good awareness and recognition and then the big thing is this and this i think is going to allow him to kind of make a name for himself at the next level is the guy's very versatile right you can put him on the back end as a strong safety you can also go ahead and play him in a lot of single high packages too then you can also go ahead and put him up in the slot as well so Cam Kitchens, to me, is basically a lighter version of Micah Fitzpatrick, Derwin James, and I would even argue and go ahead and say the Bears' own Jaquan Brisker. So a guy who also plays with a sense of physicality as well. And so this is not a very good safeties class, I should note. Um, But I would not be surprised to see Kitchens be safety one when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah. A day three option I'm looking for, for the bears because, you know, safety is position. They do need to add some depth here and you know, they need to replace Eddie Jackson at some point Uh, for me, like you said, it's not the strongest class in the world, but Josh Brock Proctor out of Ohio state. He's a guy that I'm kind of intrigued by, Um, you know, long career at Ohio state didn't really get a ton of playing time until this past year. Um, But he, when he has played, he's always been pretty solid, you know, he's played a variety of different roles. He's played free safety. He's played in the box. He's played in the slot for Ohio state. So he's got some versatility to his game. I wouldn't say he's like an elite athlete or anything. Um, you know, but he's a, he's an okay tackler, um, plays with some physicality. there. not afraid to mix it up in the run game. And he's got decent coverage skills as well. So as a day three flyer for some depth, he's a guy that I'm kind of intrigued by. Um, as someone who brings some experience and some, you know, versatility to the table for a Bears secondary, where you know that they are going to value some, you know, versatility in that secondary in this defense. Uh, All right. Well, now those are a lot of names I've got to go through here and trust me, like we even even covered like most of them um, or a lot of guys here that we could cover even more, but it's just going to be a lot to talk about. I think throughout this week, you know, Next week, we're going to be talking about the Senior Bowl and the and the outcome of it and, and who stood out and um, who did well for themselves in this upcoming week of football. But until then, I mean, it, it's going to be really fascinating to see how this all plays out here. So with that said, it's, that's going to wrap it up for us here for our Senior Bowl preview. Um, A lot of excitement, I think, for this group here. Going to the mobile Alabama this upcoming week. It's gonna be a lot of fun to kind of follow this thing. Um, but for all of our listeners out there, make sure to like, rate, subscribe, uh, make sure to follow along um on our on our Twitter page at Picks for Polls, where we'll be having some updates throughout the week for the senior bowl. You know, it, it's a big, big week um for um you know all the draft picks out there this week. I mean, this is kind of like um, you know, this week and the combine are really the start of draft season, I think, for a lot of guys. And so I, I, I'm just, I'm really just looking forward to, you know, all the storylines that are going to be coming out of, out of this week at Mobile, Alabama. There's going to be some guys that we know they're going to be down there. So excited to talk to them to see what they see. Um, always a good time there from, you know, when I was there, you know, a few years ago as well. So uh, you say it for, for our listeners out there, you know, where can they find you on social media? Uh, where can they find your work, man?
2: Yes, you guys can follow me on social media at Usaid Koshal. You can um, go ahead and check out my work on the Bear Report website as well. All right. And then you can follow me um, on Twitter as well at H.A. Freeman 25. You can find
1: my work at the Bear Report. Going to have some more draft stuff out there. Um, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, got some scouting reports in the works here um, shortly um, that a lot of Bears fans you should probably keep an eye on uh, considering you know the number one pick that uh the bears have here um but until the next time bears fans looking forward to our reactions and, and reviewing the senior bowl next week and really excited to talk about that with you guys uh, but until that time uh, have yourself a great weekend or have yourself a great week i should say we're at the beginning of the week here um and with that said bear down
3: everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium